Hi, I'm Tiffany, founder of StarSinger.co.co and the Star Singer Green Room. And I know that you want to bring out your best singing performances, and I am so excited to help you do that with the Star Singer's Guide to Great Performances, which you can get for free at starsinger.co slash p slash guide. So go there right now and get your free guide. Get ready to give great performances. Elizabeth Ratoff, known as the Fit Singer, has performed across Canada and in England in opera, musical, theater, and recital. She has had leading roles in Carmen, The Tales of Hoffman, La Clemenza di Pito, Così Fan Tutti, and The Flatermouse, Hansel and Gretel, The Medium, Kismet, and many more. She has been a voice teacher for nearly 25 years, and in addition, she is a personal trainer, nutrition expert, and health coach. She loves to train for triathlons and has found them to help her musical performance mastery. I am so excited, and in this episode we talk about our culture's obsession with doing all the things and burning the candle at both ends, hit training for singers, the most beneficial weightlifting exercises for singers, we talk about how your voice is special and it deserves to have the best care that you can give it, the importance of sleep for your voice, and sleep tips for singers, especially performing singers. We talk about the three foundations of health for singers, silent reflux, what it is and how it impacts you, the pros and cons of plant-based Mediterranean diet, steroids on the voice, and three things that you can start to incorporate today for better better vocal health. So today is a doozy, and I can't wait to share it with you. So here we go. Okay, I'm so excited to be here with Elizabeth Rotoff, and today we are going to be talking all about vocal health and how it affects your body, and so happy that you're here, Elizabeth. Could you please just give us a little bit of background about who you are, what you do, and your journey to get to the point where you're at in your life now? <laughs> yeah. Hi, thanks, Tiffany. I'm so happy to be here. And yeah, so where I started, actually, I've been singing for most of my life. I did actually have an undergrad degree in biochemistry. So, <laughs> well, so I do love sciencey stuff, and it's sort of taken me to where I am now because it's sort of come full circle. But then I did go and get a diploma from the Royal Conservatory of Music in Canada here uh, in voice performance and teaching. And so I've been teaching voice for over 20 years now and have been a performer. I've performed in England and all across Canada. Uh, in opera and musical theater mainly. So then I had some revelations along the way. Because I was in musical theater, I was always active and taking dance classes. But then I started training for triathlon. And I really discovered that in that level of activity, I found real gains in my voice. I found I had more power, more stamina. And Around just shortly after that time, I also started experiencing some health issues, which required me to have a complete 
overhaul of my nutrition. And I had all sorts of things that were happening to me as a singer that I didn't really associate with diet at the time, but they all seemed to clear up. Like I was getting sick frequently, like about every six weeks I would be sick, which is not ideal. In fact, there was one opera where I had a hacking cough on dress rehearsal. Oh. <laughs> and luckily I made it through all the, rehear uh, all the performances, but you know, I mean, it was like, and I never had to cancel anything for illness, but you know, it came so close a few times and then, you know, you're just always pushing yourself when you're feeling like that. Um, but when I changed my diet, I stopped getting sick. I stopped getting inflammatory things like I'd be getting acne. And of course, stage makeup didn't help that any. But that all cleared up and I've never had an outbreak of that again. So I wanted to help other singers. So now I've become a, I had gone through being a personal uh, a, a fitness instructor and now a personal trainer. And I'm also taking certifications as a nutrition coach as well. So now I am bringing that to singers to help with the voice. And because it all has an impact, our physical health has a really profound impact on our voice and how well we can perform and keeping us injury free. Yeah, definitely. And I know that a lot of people are just you know, burning the candle at both ends and pushing really hard and, you know, auditioning and performing and rehearsing and, you know, you have those late rehearsals and you have voice lessons. And I think a lot of people think that, you know, they can just, if, if they can't do that, it's, it says something about them and how they can't, but it's really, as you said, probably more focused on health rather than sheer willpower. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, especially when we are burning the candle at both ends, that can only last so long. And then you're going to end up burnt out. You're going to end up missing more opportunities than you think you've gained by doing, trying to do it all. And you might even cut your career short because of that. So that's, you know, because you'll have maybe even more serious illness, uh, you know, things like heart disease or cancer or diabetes, those things can definitely, you know, uh, be, impact the voice so profoundly, if not, well, your whole life. So it's uh, really, we don't want to get to that point. And a lot of this can be prevented. We know now that uh, our lifestyle plays a huge role in these diseases. Definitely. So you mentioned that you started training for triathlon. What inspired you to do that? <laughs> well, my, it goes back to the very first hip hop class I had. <laughs> I had been taking jazz and tap and uh, ballet and all that. So you'd think I was pretty fit, but then I went into my first hip hop class and I felt like I was going to have a heart attack in that class. <laughs> So hip hop. <laughs> yeah. And I was already in my mid thirties then. So I, you know, but I wasn't going to use my age as an excuse. I mean, I had been just that year. I had also been in a production of Orpheus in the underworld. And I was the only one of, I was the oldest one in the cast and the only one who could do a cartwheel. So when they were doing the can can and they wanted someone to do a cartwheel, I was the only one who could do it. So I was 
feeling like was in pretty good shape. But then this hip hip hop class came and I'm going, okay, I'm not quite as fit as I think I am. So I started running and all that, um, you know, going to the gym a little more. And my kids were in marathon club at school. So what part of that was that they got to run in super run as part of a local marathon. Uh, and wow, did they yeah. actually run a marathon? No, they just it was called a super run. So it was just a 5k run. Okay, but, still pretty far. But I decided to join them and just standing there on the start finish line. And there were 1000s of people who were actually doing the half marathon and full marathon. And that just felt so inspiring to be there amongst all these people who were actually doing this big endurance thing. And I thought, I would love to do an endurance event. But I think I would get absolutely bored running for four hours <laughs> or more. And so I thought, well, I'd like to bike and I like to swim. So maybe a triathlon would be the thing. And it hasn't been like those crazy Ironman triathlons. I've done <laughs> shorter distances like the uh, sprint and Olympic distance triathlons, but, uh, which is still something. <laughs> yes. I, I would imagine the swimming would just kill me. <laughs> I'd get to the swimming and it'd be like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> so yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. But, you know, we pick up these inspirations along the way through life and, uh, you know, find things that inspire us and make us go out of our comfort zone and try something else. And that's part of what I help people do too, is to try to, sometimes we get stuck in our rut of life and, and we don't know how to get out of it. So going out of your comfort zones um, to become a better performer is part of what I do. Yeah. And you mentioned that you, as you were training for this triathlon, you discovered some change. Oh, changes yeah. in your voice. Um, can yes. you describe a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I'm not sure whether it was actually greater core strength because I already had that from dance pretty much, but I think maybe just the cardiovascular capacity that, you know, more I could uh, hold my phrases longer because I had much more uh, oxygen in my bloodstream so I could last longer holding my breath. And... Um, and I had more power in the voice too. So there was more power. I, my high notes were coming out much easier and you know, all these things were just building on my voice. So, um, and I, it really was definitely, like I know that I took a year off of doing triathlon and my voice started, uh, you know, I wasn't training as hard and I did notice a difference. So it really, and then when I went back to it, voice came back full. So. Wow. It makes so what a are, yeah, so what are some ways that singers can get started um, just being more aware of their vocal health? But they probably maybe don't want to run a triathlon. Oh, absolutely. No. <laughs> and I don't recommend anyone <laughs> take that as a first step. But certainly, you know, if you're finding that you're too busy, uh, one of the things that I like to teach is high intensity interval training because you can do exercises that are very specific for singers. So you can work on things that will help improve alignment and core strength, which are both essential for good singing. And um, then there's also just because it's high intensity intervals, it actually works your cardiovascular system. And the best thing is that you can do them in like 20 to 30 minutes 
in a day. So it's not going to cut in like you know, doing triathlon training, you're doing about an hour to two hours a day of training. So right. not everyone has time for that. Uh, but, you know, 20 minutes, everyone can fit in 20 minutes somewhere in their day, especially because it's going to make you feel like you have more energy and you have uh, better mental clarity. It also has, uh, you know, exercise also has a great effect on your immune system. So you might find that you're getting sick less often. And also just, you know, when you're a singer, especially if you're, well, it doesn't really matter what kind of singer you are, but you need that physical stamina on the stage. I mean, of course, if you're a dancer, you will be dancing and singing. But even if you're in musical theater and not a dancer, you will be expected to move to some extent. So, you know, having that stamina so that you can sing and sing properly and still move, that's, you know, without effort too, because that's the thing too, when we're feeling tired or if we're moving in a way we're not used to, you're going to have more effortful singing and more effortful singing sets you up for vocal injuries. So that's uh, something we don't want to have happen either. And even if you're like a pop or rock singer, I mean, if you, you want to have a really vibrant dynamic show for your audience, you're going to be moving on that stage and Again, you want to have that stamina to make it through however many sets you're going to do in an evening. And uh, yeah, yeah. So, and physical activity is the way to get there and not just willpower, because willpower means you're going to try to muscle through things with effort. And that's not healthy for the voice. Right. Effort kind of, to me, it, it kind of, think of a, a person lifting a heavy object, you know, and they're like, Ugh! and they grunt and that's pressure, you know, and oh, absolutely. pressure and the voice is bad. And yeah, and you're on stage and you've got the lights. I mean, for me, it's the lights, like mm -hmm. the lights and the moving and it just like you lose so much water and you're moving and it's just exhausting. Yeah. Um, and the more you can train, like you can train to be able to do more i mean obviously you want to stay hydrated as much as you can but but still um you know the, the fitter you are the easier it is to do those movements and you're not going to be losing as much water and and such because of that and i do I recommend that. yeah that's very I, cool yeah and i recommend for singers too i mean okay high intensity interval training is one thing and that can incorporate a number of exercises. And for anyone who doesn't know, and it's sometimes called HIIT workouts, H-I-I-T, but they are, you're going at a high intensity for, it can be anywhere from 20 seconds to 50 seconds. And then you take a break of about 10, sec, 10 to 15 seconds and start your next exercise. And you just keep going like that throughout. And, um, that's one thing, but you already need to have a base of fitness to start that really to be effective. So the best way there is, you know, start walking, even if, you know, go out and move and do, do a little bit of strength training. It doesn't have to be heavy. I don't recommend CrossFit necessarily. I know a lot of people do love CrossFit, but uh, again, sometimes you're lifting in ways that aren't healthy for singers uh, because there's a lot of you know, if you're doing lifts that require a lot of shoulder uh, tension, you know, like building muscles in the shoulders, uh, you don't want to go heavy. 
you, you want to you want to have some level of strength in your shoulders because you need to hold things and lift things in life and even like if you're a choir singer and you have to hold your books there you want to be able to do that but you don't want to have it so that you're building up the muscles in your neck and shoulders so much that it's going to interfere with the function of your larynx so that's something to keep in mind too so light lifting is good heavy lifting probably should be avoided i never thought of that um mm -hmm. avoid building you know the shoulder muscles too much so that's interesting yeah. could you give some examples of what kind of hit exercises might be the most beneficial for a singer? Well, anything that opens up the chest is really good. So doing rowing type of motions or lat pull downs, I'm, I'm demonstrating here on, oh, yeah. <laughs> on the video, but, but <laughs> yeah. No, yes, yeah, so, so pulling where you can really feel the retraction between your shoulder blades, that'll help. Um, but also even just you want to balance that out. So you do want to strengthen the, the uh, pectoral muscles too. But core exercises in general for your back, for your abdominal muscles, like your transverse abdominals, intern and external oblique muscles, those are all important for breathing and singing. And just for supporting and alignment, you want to even go lower down and do things that are going to involve your gluteal muscles, which is your butt. So for those <laughs> that don't know, and uh, you know, because that's where you know you're stabilizing your hips, gives you a strong support for the rest of your body and for a good alignment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So so, so so squats, those are good exercises for that. Squats yeah. and lunges. Yeah, and for me, I know it's like a body awareness thing. Like I have a long neck and small shoulders, so for me, a lot of a lot of pulling stuff is really good. Otherwise, I'll start to yeah stick my neck out. <laughs> yeah, and that is a problem, you know. And our everyday lives really can affect that. Um, you know, just being at computers. If you're working another job where you're at a desk all day at your computer if you're on your phone and they have a word they, they call it text neck so yeah yeah <laughs> so uh, you know i mean these everyday activities can affect our alignment so we need to keep working to combat the effects of our everyday lives so strengthening the muscles and stretching stretching and strengthening muscles is a really important part of that if you want to maintain a good well-functioning instrument Definitely. Yeah. And my audience is, well, I used to be in karate. So it was all like, oh, you know, just do it. Like, get out there and do it. Like, don't stop having excuses. Just focus and do it. But I know that a lot of people are feeling like, oh, that sounds like too much work. I don't know if I want to do that. I mean, can you just give us like some inspiration about maybe like how important this actually is? Because a lot of people are like, oh, I just need to go to my, you know, maybe they're thinking, I just need to go to my voice lesson. And yeah, no, it's a, this, this, I really don't need this. I'm special. You know, I, I, this is for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, if you, your voice is special and your voice oh. needs to be taken good care of, right? I mean, everyone has a very special voice and it's a gift to be able to share it. And so we are stewards of our voice and we need to make sure we are taking care of the whole instrument, which means your whole body, 
mind, body, and spirit. And, you know, it, that is a must for every singer. The current recommendations for exercise by most authorities is, I believe it's 150 minutes of moderate intensity to, um, to vigorous intensity exercise. So that amounts to about 30 minutes of exercise five times a week. It can start with just going for walks. You know, you can build it up to something else if you need to, but you know, you have to start somewhere. And, and the exercise you will do is more important than, you know, I mean, I can say this is good for singers and that is good for singers and you should do this. But ultimately, it has to be something you can realistically maintain and keep working at. So an exercise you will actually do is the best form of exercise. Oh yeah, and I love your I love your comment on your voice is special. So just take care of it because everyone yeah, that was that was so nice. I love walking. I like to walk in the evening. It kind of calms me down, which made me think about when you're performing, a lot of performances are evening shows. And they can go kind of late, especially if it's the opera or light opera. I mean, you get like a three-hour show. Um, and all of a sudden, it's 10 o'clock. You know, you come home. You might be hungry. It's like 12 o'clock. And you're, you're jacked. You're like really excited because you just had a performance. And it might be difficult to get to sleep. Do you have any helpful okay. feedback or ideas about that? Yeah, well, this is... Sleep is a very difficult issue for singers. Singers can actually, probably should view themselves as shift workers because you're not working like a normal nine to five job and you have these late evenings. And so for some people, some people are probably even like double shift workers. You have their day job and then they go out and have a full evening of singing. And that actually has been shown. Shift workers have a higher incidence of um, all-cause early mortality, which is not very <laughs> promising. <laughs> but there are things scary. you can do. Yeah. It, it, yeah, there are definitely things you can do. And when, when you're able to, try to maintain your routine as well as you can. It's important. Uh, they did a study on high per high performers in various fields from athletes, uh, scientists, actors, singers, musicians, chess players even. And they found that the average amount of sleep that high performers got was eight and a half hours of sleep a night. And usually, you know, in our society, it's seen like this is where we can cut time, we can make up time by taking less sleep. But that is absolutely the wrong thing to do. Sleep is one of the most important things. Together with physical activity and nutrition and sleep, those are the three foundations of physical health. And, you know, think of it as a tripod. If you took out one leg, it's going to fall over. So, you know, you want to keep that balance between all three areas. And uh, sleep there are definitely things you can do. So first of all, yes, you are all hyped up and you come home and everything, and you do need that winding down time. 
part of it, try not to eat or have alcohol, especially don't have alcohol. I know it's so tempting sometimes to go out with your cast members and have a drink and have some snacks. Um, I would suggest trying to break that cycle and not eat. So then you're going to bed on a, and you'll fall asleep easier. Um, yes, you probably will need a little wind down time. But during that time, try to avoid screen time. You know, don't look at your phone, don't watch TV, don't get it on your computer. You don't need to check who liked your latest post on Instagram. So <laughs> it's, you know, and we, we do this, but actually it's been shown that the blue light from these screens suppresses our melatonin production, which is a hormone that's required to sleep and we need to get higher melatonin levels as we're getting into the evening. So, and avoid caffeine too, that's the other thing. So, um, in fact, I wouldn't have any caffeine after 4 p.m. You might need, you know, if you feel like you have a whole evening ahead of you, you might wanna have your caffeine at four o'clock to give you that little extra boost, but I wouldn't have it any later than that, just because that too will affect your sleep. And so if your melatonin is high, if you do, if you really feel you need to be looking at screens at that time, I would suggest getting blue light blocking glasses. There's such a thing and they block the blue light and they'll help your melatonin rise. And trying to maintain uh, your routine the rest of the time when you don't have performances, trying to get up early, boost your, you, you wanna get, um, your circadian rhythm kind of going. So you want to have some nice bright light in the morning. You might want to have caffeine if you're good with caffeine. But again, don't, caffeine is, uh, you know, some people say yes, no, there's no evidence that it causes dehydration. So you're okay with to have caffeine if you like to have a cu cup of coffee or whatever to get you going in the morning. But that said, if you actually feel you need it to get going in the morning, then there's probably something lacking in your lifestyle that's preventing you. And of course, these late nights, might you might need to have that boost. So I'm drinking my coffee right now. <laughs> I didn't know caffeine had a half-life because I was just mm -hmm. like, oh, I can handle this. I didn't know that it would like divide in half and still be in your system for, what is it, like up to six to eight hours later? Yes. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So it stays in your, that's why you don't want to have it later in the afternoon. Um, you know, so if you're, if you were having a normal day, I would recommend not having it before noon. But if you're having a performance at night and you feel you need that little boost to get you going, then four o'clock, have that cup and it'll keep you going <laughs> right till yeah. midnight. <laughs> And with the sleep, I mean, I, I couldn't believe it because now I'm, I'm kind of at a point in my life where I, I work my own hours and I don't have to go, go, go so much. And I couldn't believe when I got to that point in my life because I usually thought, oh, I'm about seven and a half hour sleeper. Like that's, that's about where I'm at. Mm -hmm. But now that I have this, I guess, more freedom, at first I thought there was something wrong with me. Cause I was sleeping for like nine hours and I was like, is there something wrong with me? But I think 
that that's what my body requires. And I couldn't believe it. Yeah. yeah. And that's true. I mean, if you have the opportunity to not have an alarm in the morning, not have to get up at any specific time, then just sleep. And, you know, if you're during vacation or something is a good time, as long as you're not staying up late, but just seeing how long you actually need to sleep. When do you feel sleepy in the evening? So go to bed when you start feeling sleepy and sleep and see how long. And that's probably how long you need to be sleeping for. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, a lot of people are like trying to wear this badge, like I only sleep five hours, you know, like, yeah, I don't know what yeah. that's about. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it is. It's true that there seems to be this, um, you know, yeah, we're superheroes. We can do this. Exactly. <laughs> and it's not, no, because sleep is so critical for us. It helps us. Uh, well, there've been studies and they've shown that people who get less sleep have higher incidence of anxiety they are more prone to get disease there's higher incidence of developing early onset dementia or alzheimer's so you know all these things can happen because when we're sleeping and especially getting into deep sleep is really important because it clears all the toxins that build up in our brain and you know our in our bodies, we have like a lymphatic system that works to rid our bodies of toxins and move things around. And in our brains, we don't have that. There's not a direct link to the bloodstream to get rid of toxins, but they've, they have found, um, it's called a glymph cell. So now they call it a glymphatic system. Uh, but but it's, that's actually what pulls out the toxins and and um, but it's so important because all these toxins and also just all the input of information through the day your brain needs to sort through and it can affect your prefrontal cortex and if it's not like we start developing the um, plaques in the prefrontal cortex which of course is our reasoning center so Ooh. Yeah. So we want to clear it out. We want to have that sleep. And so, it, yeah, it is really critical. And, you know, so we can, it, it'll give us more energy. It'll improve our immunity. It will reduce anxiety. It, it will just end up thinking of words and sometimes in another language. And then you're on stage and you have to be together with the orchestra or, and you have to be interacting with all these people. And there's a lot going on when you're a singer, right? And if you don't have the mental clarity, you're, you're setting yourself up to fail somewhere along the chain there. Yeah. So if you need some inspiration to sleep, I mean, what got me was toxins in the brain. Like, that sounds so... Gross. I just want to clear that all out. <laughs> so we talked about sleep. We talked about um, fitness. Let's talk a little bit about nutrition. Okay. Um, so what would you say is just a good tip to get started with nutrition for singers? Increase your intake of fruits and vegetables. <laughs> That's probably the biggest thing uh, I mean there's a whole thing like you want to cut out your processed foods and all that but that's I like to think more of adding things into your diet and these are your priority foods 
And then if you still feel you need that treat, then treat yourself. You know, I mean, it's going to be a process. And I mean, some people can go, you know, they'll find out all the things that um, a healthy diet will do for you. And they might want to just go and clear out their kitchen right away and just get it all done. Uh, but most people need to do a tr gradual transition. And just as far as singers go, I'll just mention a couple of things. Um, it's been shown like there's silent reflux that affects most singers and we don't necessarily know that it's also called laryngopharyngeal reflux disease and it's not the same as the heartburn gastroesophageal reflux disease that people you know you feel that tightness and burning in the chest uh, and up your throat but it, silent reflux can be a um, coupled with that, but sometimes we don't even know that we have it because it comes up as a mist and it hits your vocal folds. And then the uh, acids and pepsins, pepsin is an enzyme that breaks down protein. Well, you know what your vocal folds are made of. <laughs> so oh, we don't want that. <laughs> no, made of protein. So yeah, so pepsins in the presence of acid will start really trying to eat away the tissue. So then you end up with little sores on your, you know, and swelling happening in the vocal folds and all that. And that's not a good thing. You know, it really sets you up for vocal injury. And it's been found though that a Mediterranean plant style plant-based diet is the most effective. It's as effective as protein pump inhibitors for controlling the reflux. So that's one way to go. So those, that's a diet that's really high in fruits and vegetables, nuts, seeds, seeds, beans, and legumes. Those are the foods that we really want to have, and whole grains. Those are all the foods that we want to start increasing in our diets. Uh, so that was one that has the, plant, uh, the Mediterranean plant-based diet. Another thing is allergies. And love singers are plagued by seasonal allergies or, and even asthma and plant-based Mediterranean style diet has been shown in many studies to be have a protective effect uh, against allergies and asthma and uh, you know there's I can keep going on about different things but plant-based diet is really where we want to be moving towards doesn't mean you have to be like the Mediterranean diet is not a hundred percent plant-based so you don't have to go but it's treating meat more as a condiment than as a main part of your dish. Um, and it had, there are so many studies showing that high meat consumption does lead to more inflammation in the body and disease and illness and allergies and all this sort of stuff. So, so they've done it, look, you know, studies have done it looking at two things like, okay, what does increasing meat do in the diet and then what does increasing vegetables do for our health and so yeah fruits and vegetables and that's where most people in western society fall short is in their plant-based food intake uh, it's so full of nutrients there's a whole category of nutrients called phytonutrients and phyto means plants. So guess where these nutrients are only found in plants. Those are your, you know, most of the antioxidants and that we, you know, you probably hear lots about oh, antioxidants are good for you. But, you're, you know, these are nutrients you will never be able to 
substitute with supplements because there are thousands of them. Right now they've found about, I don't know, something like 2000 known phytonutrients. So you're not going to get a supplement with 2000 nutrients in it. Well, and I've read things that say supplements like don't even absorb the same way as like uh, actual nutrition. Yes, that's absolutely so. So they don't. And so that whole food matrix, you know, getting all those nutrients together in a food and the fiber too, the fiber is important too. Um, and in taking that, and I'm just going to just mention a little bit about fiber too, how that is, I mean, it helps our gut health and gut health has been linked to better immunity and, um, and mental uh, disease as well, you know, if it's out of balance. So taking antibiotics kills our gut bacteria. So if you're sick, you want to avoid that. Um, if you're, uh, and if you do have to take antibiotics, then you have to replenish by taking pro, um, probiotics afterwards to replenish the gut bacteria. But feeding the bacteria the right kind of foods, and they love the plant foods, and the, um, especially the vegetables have what they call inulin, which is a kind of fiber which the, the gut bacteria love to eat. And most people in Western societies, again, have, um, don't have enough fiber. Even the recommendations in most food guides don't go high enough with the fiber. And, okay, the, if your fiber is not good, you're not going to be, you know, being regular. <laughs> and right. Being regular. Because, you know, there's so many people that suffer constipation, and that straining actually can be hard on your vocal folds. <laughs> Interesting. It's true yeah. because you know you're straining. I mean, just like you were talking earlier about you know if you lift something heavy and you go uh, and you feel that tension in the throat. Well, oh. it's the same thing happening. And if you're doing that constantly, uh, they definitely know that uh, constipation can lead to varicose veins in the legs. But it can also, you know, it's possible. I mean, there's been no studies on it, but you know, by extrapolation. We can think that, you know, it could possibly affect our um, vocal folds and our larynx. But if nothing else, if you're constantly straining, it's going to actually change the musculature around your larynx. So that can prevent that. Wow. Too. Something to think about. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know if the Mediterranean diet study with meat and vegetables was conducted with organic meats or it doesn't matter? Well, the most, um, yeah, no, because a lot of the studies that they've done with Mediterranean diets is looking at people who live in that lifestyle and they, well, some of them here, but I don't think that most of the studies are not with organic meats or grass fed or whatever. So, um, so I gotcha. can't say anything about that, but just because I love meat, <laughs> and I, like I try to get you know more vegetables in, and actually that's yeah. something that I'm working on right now. Because um, I just I just got a steamer, which is like oh, the most good. amazing thing ever. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know broccoli could taste so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing too. And well, we should be having seven to nine servings of vegetables a day. 
wow. for, for optimal nutrition. We should be. I know a lot of people who like eat a serving of carrots and feel like a superhero. They're like, I did yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, so start slowly. I mean, start by um, quite often. I will recommend people start by just adding a green smoothie every day. Smoothies are a great way to get in your, uh, you know, hide your vegetables. And if you use something like spinach, then you won't even notice it's there. I mean, aside from the color, but you know, you can't taste it. I wouldn't suggest going for kale, even though kale has amazing benefits, but it's got a strong flavor and you know what there's so many other foods that are equally as good as kale it gets this you know big yeah superfood label <laughs> to it um and and it is really good but you know any other cruciferous vegetables so it's um you know the cabbages broccoli cauliflower bok choy you know things like that are all cruciferous vegetables so you can have you know whatever tastes best for you. And don't give up. You know, if you taste something and you don't like it, it's being shown that it takes about 13 exposures to a food before you get used to it. And your taste buds do change. Part of the problem is in now with um, the processed foods, they are actually designed for what they call snackability. <laughs> so they keep adding the flavors, the sugars, salts, um, fats to make it palatable and make us want more. And so we get addicted to them. And I don't know, somehow in our society, we've become just like kids in a candy store. And we don't listen to our parents and grandparents wisdom about eat your veggies anymore. We think we're adults, we can do whatever we want. Um, you know, I had just met with someone the other day, She's in her 60s. And she said when she was a kid, her mom never let her have craft dinner. So she said she vowed when she had children, she would never ban them from it. Well, unfortunately, you know, her and her husband, well, her husband has just died of cancer. She's had cancer. Her uh, children are in bad health. You know, so the, this kind of feeling that, yeah, I'm not going to restrict my kids from anything, this kind of mentality is actually very harmful. And so we have to start adulting ourselves more <laughs> and, you know, trying to be a little bit more responsible and not just feel like, yeah, I'm an adult, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we do have a responsibility to ourselves. And it depends what you want out of life. I mean, some people are, and I've met people too who say, I die at 40, but I'm enjoying every minute of it, that's fine with me, you know? Yeah. So, and for so. me, I, I'm hoping that everyone will pay attention to this, um, not only for their singing, but for their health too, because sometimes by the time you feel the pain, you know, it's too late. Like for me, I noticed I was noticing a lot of, uh, I guess, inflammation, because for me, it was like a I, felt, I guess I felt like arthritis in my wrists and I thought, oh, oh, I'm just playing piano all the time. I'm in voice lessons. You know, when I was small, I punched stuff. But then I started taking bread out gradually and I would notice a correlation. Like it would like, I would eat a pizza and like, not a whole pizza, but like, yeah. <laughs> but like I would have a piece of pizza and literally like an hour later, boom, like you, I feel it in my wrists. Yeah. So, well, I was, you know, when I was younger, 
in my teens into my early 20s, I mean, I could go to a donut shop, order a dozen donuts and eat them in one sitting. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't think anything of it, but I started having health issues eventually. And I did like, I started feeling pain in my thumb and in my toes. And doctor told me it's osteoarthritis and it'll never go away. It's just going to progressively get worse. Well, I switched to a plant-based diet. It's gone away. I've never had any trouble with it since. So, and wow. I had the, you know, uh, I used to get an inflammation in my eye called uveitis and that it's worth, it was coming every six months and I would require steroid drops, which would, I could feel steroid because you do it right. in the eye and the, uh, all the sinus cavities behind there get <laughs> into the throat. So it would get in my throat and I could feel it messing with my voice. So wow. I just never felt good when I was on the steroids. Um, so, but since I switched to a plant-based diet, I've had no problems with that either. And, you know, there's so many benefits. And I know that there are doctors now that sometimes do prescribe um, steroids. And there's, there are a few steroids that don't necessarily affect the voice, but uh, most steroids will affect your voice and put you at risk of vocal injury. Antihistamines too. I mean, I already talked about the reduced um, allergies, but antihistamines definitely like they dry you out and they can put you at risk of vocal injury. Uh, many medications. So, you know, like getting quick fixes through medication, just about everything will have some sort of side effect on you. And, it, and a lot of them will dry out your mouth and throat and put you at risk of vocal injury. So trying to find more natural healthy solutions is better. And, and that's really what we, we want to have, healthy voices that are going to be reliable and that you can be confident are not going to give out on you. Yeah. So what are three easy tips or like small changes that a singer could make today and just kind of get started or just start to think about it or start to incorporate some of these ideas? Okay, so I did mention to doing green smoothies. What I would suggest with that green smoothie is make it the meal that's hardest for you. So for a lot of singers, that's like they're on the go in the day, they're going between their day and then they have to go to rehearsal and they don't have time to make dinner and then they go to fast food place or just grab, you know, bag of chips or something and expect that to get them and you know in their energy drink and expect to make it through the night i would say suggest make your smoothie take it with you and have it at that point so that's one thing is or or whatever snack you know i mean you can have uh, veggies and hummus that's also another option so try to focus on the meal that's the hardest first and do a, some, something simple like that so that you're not, uh, so you're getting good nutrition to energize you through your evening and, and you'll uh, feel better for it. The other thing is you know, make gradual changes. Don't beat yourself up if you are not able to make changes right away. And don't beat yourself up if you have made a change and you had a slip. We're all human. We make slips. We just have to get back up and and do better the next time. So, but don't beat yourself up about it because that's actually um, 
you know, where some sometimes disordered eating starts to play in is because we want to be perfect and we want to try to maintain a certain thing. And, and there's, um, you know, especially yeah, we just as performers, especially yeah. as performers, we all have probably that little seed of perfectionism within us. Yeah. And, and you know, that's also the thing is, um, you know, sometimes so much in performance is based on appearance, unfortunately, these days, too. I mean, though, of course, if you're healthy, you're probably going to be at a healthier weight, too. But, but you know, we shouldn't necessarily be focusing so much on the appearance, but on how we feel. And so, uh, you know, make these changes for your health, for your the longevity of your career as a singer for the ability to use your voice. I and mean, that's the thing too, is that, um, you know, as I say, people who eat a health or lead a healthier lifestyle, sometimes they don't necessarily live any longer than other people, but the period that they are in decline is less than people who are not living a healthy lifestyle. So they might go 10 or 20 years declining and feeling sick and having to be on medication and, you know, ending up with walkers and, you know, needing medical assistant hospital visits more often and all that. Whereas someone who is really, really leading a healthy lifestyle might just have two years, five, five, two to five years of bad health. And yeah. so it's a much shorter wow. period. We want to live longer, not die longer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, so, that, so that's something to, you know, especially when as singers and especially, you know, if you're living in the United States where you have to pay for your medical care, it's oh. a lot less expensive to, you know, so many people think, but it's so expensive to buy healthy food. It actually isn't. Mm. And in the long run, you're going to be spending so much more on doctor's visits, medicine, you know, whatever else ha has to happen um, than just spending a little, you know, a couple dollars more on, on some healthy food. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's a thing for me because I'm frugal, but I'm really excited because it just started to get up to like 40 degrees here. Oh. Um, I'm in Wisconsin. So I just planted my kale. I'm like really excited oh. kale and spinach. I'm sick of paying for organic kale and spinach. It's so expensive. Oh, good so. for you. Yeah. And you know, if you have that ability, you know, um, it doesn't take much. You can have just like container gardens um, mm. where you can grow your own leafy green vegetables. And the leafy greens are probably like the number one vegetable. If you need to add something into your diet, go for the leafy greens first because they are the most packed with nutrients. Yeah. Um, and, and the brightly colored, like they say, eat the rainbow. And so they mean like all the brightly colored vegetables and fruits because yeah. they're the ones that are so full of the, the nutrients. But yeah, it's so easy to grow your own um, like lettuce and, and kale and whatever and kale yeah, it's like hard to kill too. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was never a fan, and then um, I decided that I wanted to take up cooking as a hobby. So I did this online cooking school. Um, who what happened to be focused on plant plant based diet, but the way that they were, I just decided to go with them and take some of their classes because the way that they presented information was so good. So when I finally like learned how to actually cook vegetables. I was like, these are way better than I remember. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, it's true. And I mean, we want to, yeah, you can, it actually, when you open up that world of uh, healthy eating, a lot of people say, but don't you feel restricted because you can't have this? And it's like, there's so much you can have. And there's so many things that there's, um, you know, carbs get such a bad rap. Well, it's the processed carbs that we want to avoid. That's what gets the bad rap, you know, your donuts and cakes and chips and all that. And it's especially because those carbs are refined, but they're also put together with this bad fats. So we don't, you know, that combination is lethal. So eat yeah. all the carbs you want in the forms of your fruits and vegetables. I mean, you don't even have to cut back on fruit. There've been studies showing that there is no dangerous level of eating fruit and it has been, and it can be part even of a diabetics diet. So um, yeah. just cutting out the other things and having more uh, beans and legumes, which are an excellent source of protein. So you don't need, and most people have far more protein than they need and having too much protein causes inflammation in the body. So that's why we want to cut down on, having too much meat and dairy and dairy of course for singers can be <laughs> a problem uh, especially if you're you know you definitely don't want to have it just before you're singing yeah uh, but it, there is an it, it does increase the incidence again of uh, asthma and allergies some of the symptoms are worsened by that I'm in Wisconsin, so we're dairy everything. My, I mean, everything my family dairy. were dairy farmers, like not my immediate family, but my dad yeah. was on a dairy farms. So we put cheese on everything. And it's yeah. challenging. But, you know, some of the most prominent, um, there are a couple of very prominent physicians and um, uh, scientists who in the plant-based research who actually came from families that owned dairy farms. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. So, so, you know, they grew up believing this was good for them. Right. And now through their science, they have found that, no, it's not. So, you know, right. and there is this whole thing, you know, that we have to make a paradigm shift of what is actually good for us. The new Canada Food Guide came out this year. And there's a food guide. Yeah, we have the Canada Food Guide. I, every, every country has a food guide of some sort, but the American one is, uh, which is my plate, I think is what they call it there. Really? Um, isn't that great? But in the Canada Food Guide now, they have like, they just show a plate and half the plate is vegetables, a quarter of the plate whole grains, and the other one are all the protein rich foods. There's no dairy category now. I mean, it's sort of in the protein foods oh. but the protein foods include your all the animal products but also the beans and legumes and nuts and seeds so that's all included and it follows on um, other countries that have switched to food guides like that and it's based on science they had absolutely they were not going to let lobby groups um, push them into any way so they just did it purely based on science for this new food guide, but it follows on the heels of um, Brazil and Australia that also have recently in the last five or so years put out food guides that also lean this way to a more plant-based diet. So interesting. Yeah, uh, I, we grew up with a food pyramid when, oh, yeah. when I was yeah. a kid and mm -hmm. I think grains were on the bottom. Terrifying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
but yeah. Oh, this has been so informative and inspiring. And I hope that a lot of singers here are going to take some of these ideas and give them a try gradually. I love your idea of just do it gradually, you know, get it in there, try it out. Don't be hard on yourself. So where can we find you and learn more about you and what you're doing? Yeah, well, I mean, as you say, helping people make gradual changes, they are free to join my free Facebook group, which is called Vibrant Body, Vibrant Voice. And there I have weekly challenges of some sort of lifestyle tip that you can join in and or you can be a silent observer. That's fine, too. But that's one place you can find me. But I'm also on um, on Facebook and on Instagram. Just look for the, the Fit Singer. And my website, The Fit Singer. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today and all of the great information that will be so helpful to all of the singers listening. <laughs> well, I hope so. And thank you for having me.